Welcome to The Tender Revolution. I'm Catherine Liggett. This is unfreezing receiving. You know how sometimes you see something that's completely ordinary, so to speak, but you happen to be in this space in your mind and your heart where you see that thing, but somehow it opens this door in your heart and you start to see the world completely differently. Maybe that's just me, or maybe you've experienced that too. Well, that happened to me a couple days ago when I was at the mall, of all places, with my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Gabriella. And so there we were, and we were sitting in that open mall kind of area outside an upscale department store at a small table where there was a cafe that we got, I got a coffee at, we were sitting there and I was in that very familiar parental mental space of being both relieved to sit down and trying my best to relax, but also hypervigilantly watching my daughter's every move as she had a hand on the back of her chair and may or may not tip it over. (laughs) If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I was in this familiar split maternal inner landscape when I heard the cries of a toddler having a tantrum a few tables away from us and my gaze involuntarily lifted to see what was up. And I saw a mother feeding a baby, an infant with a bottle on her lap and her toddler sitting at that table with them was crying and objecting to something. And I instinctively tried as best I could through my mask to exaggerate the smile in my eyes and nod my head to somehow desperately communicate connection and alliance with her that I see you, I have so been there, you're not alone, and you're okay. And she met my gaze in a fleeting second and then turned away without acknowledgement. And my heart broke into a million pieces on the spot. As this sinking realization, actually it wasn't sinking, it was more like Uh, demolishing ton of bricks realization hit me as I sifted through the words in my head. And now a mother struggles alone with her children in a mall, and the polite thing to do is to look away. Because not only could she not meet my gaze, but nobody else lifted to offer companionship to her. We were surrounded by humans with hearts and minds, and not a single person got up to help her. 
A mother struggles alone with her children, and the polite thing to do is to look away. What is this insanity that we have today (laughs) that separates us so brutally from one another to make it so earth-shatteringly shameful to receive help that is so obviously needed, to receive the medicine of the warmth of each other's hearts? How has it become an unthinkable risk to offer this warmth, to offer the most basic medicine that we have to one another in obvious times of need? She wouldn't dare to ask for help. And if I had gotten out of my chair to go help her, it would have been a massive risk And my heart broke at the paralysis that I felt and the split consciousness that I felt as I sat in my chair instead of getting up to help her. And these are the thoughts that went through my mind that kept me in my seat. I don't want to interfere. I wouldn't know what to do. I don't want to make her feel like I thought she needs help. And they're her kids and she knows best how to manage them. And one of those thoughts in particular disturbs me the most, that I want to save face for her, that I don't want it to look like I think she needs help. Because as I saw that thought passing through my mind, I realized the depth of how shameful it is in our culture, and by our culture I mean American culture, in particular, um, although this has spread to globalized culture quite thoroughly in our world, that it's shameful to need help. And it's even more shameful to ask for it or receive it. Receiving help is seen as a personal failure. In fact, when we say, she needs help or she should get help. What that means encoded is that she's failed to manage her life as she should, which is on her own, self-sufficiently. And in this atmosphere, this water that we swim in, where the thing that we most need, which is each other, the warmth of each other's hearts, the I see you, I hear you, I feel you, and I know you. To admit that we need this to survive, to admit that we need this to maintain a fairly basic level of sanity and happiness in this human body, to admit that is social suicide in this time that we're living on this planet, in this American culture or Americanized global culture. The famed doctor and leader of the hospice movement, Atul Gawande, who wrote the number one New York Times bestseller called Being Mortal, said something in that book that 
really made something land for me inside. And that is that in American culture, aging is not our greatest fear, as most of us believe, but rather dependency is our greatest fear. Being dependent, needing one another is our greatest fear. The whole myth of the American dream starts by leaving the nest when we're 18 years old or around there. (laughs) And it's seen as a failure to launch if you don't, if you can't somehow make your home separate from where you came from, (laughs) separate from your own family. It's an essential precondition to social success in this culture, that early separation from our roots. And I've thought a lot about why this is so, because when I lived in Europe, I remember people living with or adjacent to their parents for much longer and it not being seen as social failure. And without getting into a long treatise about it, which I am tempted to do, (laughs) I just want to say that it's helped me to remember that we in America are a people on the run. And we've always been, and I'm talking about Euro-Americans here, that our ancestors colonized this land because they were running from something or because they were opportunists. Resma Menachem says this, that trauma decontextualized over time looks like culture. And I believe this is true with Euro-Americans. That we are continuously on the run, and since it's been decontextualized from our ancestral roots, it just looks like the way we are. We are a culture of people on the run, a culture of self-sufficiency, a culture who's still playing the pioneer game, where each family is their own isolated unit. And the self-sufficiency is a trauma response from people who couldn't trust. People who couldn't trust authority, people who couldn't trust systems. And so they had to make their life alone. I've learned a lot from two indigenous teachers, Maladoma Somme and Sabanfu Somme. And what they say about their native Dagara culture in West Africa is that when someone is alone, when they see somebody sitting by themselves or isolating themselves, it's a sign that something is very seriously wrong with that person. And it's an invitation to go sit with them quietly, receptively, and wait for them to share, to speak their ills. And I feel very strongly that that's what we need as a species to survive because we are all, even if we have forgotten why in our ancestral roots, we're all in this culture sitting by ourselves and wondering why we feel so desperately alone and overwhelmed 
Because the truth is we were never made to live life alone. And most of us, especially if we're parents, and often especially if we're mothers, we're doing the work of a village all by ourselves. And somehow we think that we should be able to do this and be mentally and physically healthy. (laughs) And learning from these indigenous teachers has showed me how absolutely absurd this assumption is. (laughs) So in our practice today, I want to invite you to soften towards your need and receiving what you need. Because ultimately that is going to be what gives you the medicine that your heart most deeply craves, which is the warmth of other hearts being seen, heard, felt, and known as you are, and then opening to receiving that warmth into yourself. So as we prepare for practice, find a comfortable space if you're not there already. And as you feel the rootedness of your hips or your back body, if you're lying down, allow your exhales to draw you down into heaviness and connection with your inner space. And now let your body show you a way to hold yourself with your own hands tenderly. Maybe that's hands on heart or your belly or both. Maybe that's giving yourself a hug with arms crossed over chest. Hold yourself tenderly here. And notice that there is part of your body or your energy that is frozen, that feels hard and impenetrable. And very gently, without trying hard, allow your exhales to soften this frozenness even just 2%. Softer and heavier with each exhale as you arrive. And now from this place of tenderly holding yourself, ask yourself this question and wait for the answer to arise within you. What do I truly need? Right now in this moment, what do I truly need? Hear or sense the word in your awareness now. And now allow your imagination 
to unfold an image and a feeling of fully and completely receiving that need, regardless of whether you believe it to be realistic or not. Let your imagination be so vivid and open to visualizing and feeling yourself receiving fully and completely what you need. Opening to the full complexity of what might be going through your mind and body, undoubtedly some resistance, as you let this imagination take form. We're not pushing any part of ourselves away. Amplify this even more right now. Can you amplify this feeling and this image of receiving fully and completely what you need? So that that feeling spreads through your whole body. Name the sensations that you feel here. And now get exquisitely curious about something, and that is, where are you bracing against this receiving? Do you notice that part of you feels rigid and frozen as you amplify it? Do you notice perhaps any words or phrases going through your mind in judgment? Where are you frozen to this receiving? And now we're going to allow this full swirl of this resistance, the whole swirl of sensations and feeling to become a figure in your mind. What does this resistance, this frozenness look like? And it could be anything. Part of you or you at a certain age. A kind of demonic or evil looking figure perhaps or an animal or something amorphous. Just allow your imagination to create this figure across from you at a respectful distance and you're looking at it. This is the figure that represents your frozenness toward receiving now. Know that you are completely safe and that you are standing very tall in your mind across from it, standing tall as the strongest and most loving version of yourself. And you're just very open and curious about it. And now you ask this figure, what do you really need? And you wait for it to answer if it does. 
Your job is to fully accept whatever it expresses, even if it feels hostile toward you or strange, or if it doesn't say anything at all. Feel yourself respond with this energy of yes. Yes, that's completely okay to feel that way. And if it gave you something that it needs, see, feel, sense yourself now meeting that need in whatever way the figure would find most nurturing. Maybe it just needs to be seen or something completely different. Breathing now into the sensation of meeting this need. Allowing also any resistance within you to be there alongside every other feeling. Feeling your breath and your body soften as you meet this need. And now check in with it and ask, is there anything else? Is there any other need that I can meet for you? Or is there any other message that you need to tell me right now? Taking a few more moments with this figure to wrap up this encounter, of course, completely on its terms, in the way that would feel best for the figure. that feels complete send a loving telepathic message to this figure that in just a moment your consciousness will shift to a different plane and it can either stay here in this space if it's most comfortable here or it can come along with you noting that the healing has already happened either choice is perfectly wonderful sense what they're saying and then as you begin to slowly breathe into your body and imagine the walls or space around you feel very loving gratitude toward everything this figure has shown you about yourself and notice as you're slowly returning if you feel a little less frozen toward receiving that need that you have. Remembering that this whole process, this whole practice started with you asking yourself, what do I truly need? Breathing now and if it feels right, opening the eyes to look around your space and 
Bring all parts of you back to here and now. Placing now hands holding your body. Checking in with yourself now and experimenting. What would it feel like now to receive what you truly need? Breathe and notice if you feel just two or 10% softer, a little less frozen perhaps, toward receiving. And know that the more you practice softening and receiving what you need, even in very, very small ways and moments throughout your days, the more connected you're going to feel to yourself and to others and the less empty and alone you'll feel in the world. I thank you all so very much for unfreezing with me today. (laughs) And remember that you can find the empathic witnessing process, which is my unique method of shadow work, a version of which we did today. You can find it written out in my ebook on my website, katherineliggett.com, that you can get totally free. So that's there for you if you'd like to see it all written out, how you can continue to do the softening, unfreezing, unclenching on your own. You can also follow me on Insight Timer where I have tons of free guided practices and talks. And I go live there often. And of course, on this podcast. (laughs) Again, many, many thanks. And I wish you wonderful integration and softening of everything that came up for you today. Bye-bye.